back with another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. Uh, quite interesting topic. We heard your feedback. Um, quite a lot of people requested that we talk about trauma. So today's feature um, is Hillary Aponte Chimelis, a licensed professional counselor based out of Redden, PA. She brings a unique perspective, um, a Hispanic background. So you'll hear how culture plays into that and um, how trauma, childhood trauma also affects us later on in life as well. So for today's episode. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. Um, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about a, um, I think, a very important topic. I think one that affects people, a lot of people, um, whether consciously or unconsciously, and that is trauma. Um, and today's guest is uh, Hilary Aponte Chamelis. Did I say that right? Yes, you got it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'll just I'll allow you to introduce yourself, uh, let the people know who you are and uh, where you're from, credentials and everything. Okay. So I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I've worked in mental health since 2008. Um, I've established my private practice, which is H. Aponte Chamelis Counseling. Um, I'm located in Berks County, Reading, Pennsylvania. And I've had the practice since 2019. Um, I'm trained in ecosystemic structural family therapy. Um, I have a trauma-informed training from Drexel, the University College of Medicine. Um, I am certified in perinatal mental health, and which is focused on women and couples trying to conceive all the way up to one year postpartum. And lastly, I, um, uh, I am a parental leave coach. So working with um, those same couples, um, families that are transitioning from working individuals to working parents. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I heard it. She, she's very well uh, credentialed. So, um, <laughs> so I, I'll just start off with uh, just asking, um, is mental health something that was stressed for you growing up? Like, is, did your parents have any understanding of it? Okay. Um, I truly don't recall my parents ever reinforcing mental health or that even being a topic in my home, in my home. Yeah. My parents were born and raised in the Dominican Republic. So, um, the culture was very different. They grew up at a time where children were, were seen, not heard. Mm. Not to say that they, they brought us up, they raised us with those same morals, but you know, they didn't know any better. Okay, so so culturally, it was like, like you said, you were seen, not heard. Can you explain what that means? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, meaning, like, children didn't really have an opinion. Um, they weren't really allowed to express their emotions. Um, the parents were the authoritative figures. Um, authoritarian figures, because the authoritarian is usually more... Um, you get the, the beating with the chancletas. And- <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. And yeah, things like that nice. it's more physical it was more physical i would okay. say back then. okay and uh i don't think that's too far from like african upbringing either too so i think there's some similarities there but um all right let's let's um in terms of trauma what, what exactly is trauma in itself so according to samsa um trauma is a result from an event um a series of events or even circumstances that you experience as an individual whether it's physically or emotionally and it can definitely harm um, and have effects on someone um, spiritually, um, functioning physically, socially, and emotionally. Okay. 
Um, and why is it that, and just to ask, why is it that like, um, that some individuals tend to have, um, I guess, are affected by trauma and some go through traumatic experiences and aren't affected by those same experiences? Is there a reasoning behind that? Um, everyone, everyone internalizes trauma differently. Um, the reaction that someone has can vary depending on the situation, depending on if it was um, a one-time occurrence or if it was a repetitive occurrence. Um, it also depends on the background. If there's a history of, you know, any depression, anxiety, any mental health diagnosis also depends on your support. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, so what are some of the signs that you're looking for when you're dealing with a, a client who has, uh, who has de dealt with uh, trauma at some point? Are there certain um, signs and symptoms that you look for? Yes, for sure. Um, trauma sets off an alarm in our bodies, that fight or flight response. So um, when we're at a heightened state of arousal, it's difficult for someone to be comfortable, calm, and be able to um, appropriately react in those situations. So um, the response is triggered by a hormone that prepares our, our bodies to either stay and deal with the threat or run away to, to safety. So that's the, the fight or flight response. Um, typical um, symptoms could be um, racing hard, um, breathing faster, becoming tense and trembling, Okay. Uh, and those are, and for someone who, um, so say has like a singular history or, um, I know when, so I know when dealing with, uh, the two terms, PTSD and trauma, they usually synonymous with each other. Um, what are the distinctions between them? Are they the same thing? What are they, are they different? What is that? Um, trauma is, um, they are used interchangeably a lot of times. Trauma um, begins a pattern of actions and reactions um, that can have an effect over the course of someone's life. Um, it may or may not turn into PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, the diagnosis, um, you typically get diagnosed um, when there's other psychiatric and other behavioral aspects to it. Okay. And what, would go, what goes into um, in terms of like when you're working with a, a client who has PTSD, what goes into the treatment plans? What goes into um, caring for that individual? Okay. Um, therapy, of course, it, it helps a great deal because um, in therapy, you learn your cycle. You know, everyone internalizes trauma differently. Everyone processes it differently. So in, in order to understand your triggers and, and start peeling those layers of, of the onion, you have to understand your cycle, you know, what you, how your body responds to it um, and how it's affecting you. And once you, you learn those things and you can understand where it would be appropriate to intervene and, and work on, on de-escalating and work on um, reducing the effects of those symptoms. Okay. And um, if I was somebody who uh, maybe I've experienced um, childhood trauma, but yet I long, I yearn for um, intimacy, um, but that gets in the way of me actually trying to create relationships. Um, how do you see that childhood trauma actually plays into our ability to create relationships moving on in, in the future? Yeah, for sure. Um, childhood trauma definitely affects um, 
and has consequences when um, both long-term and, and immediate. Um, there's higher rates of PTSD, depression, and other developmentally and functional impairments. Um, there's problems that are associated, you know, when kids experience trauma, um, they, they typically exhibit um, those symptoms that I expressed earlier, like heart racing and things like that. But also you, see, you tend to see some aggression um, conduct disorders, um, sometimes even sexualized behaviors, eating problems, um, physical symptoms, um, and even substance abuse. Um, so limited awareness and limited um, emotional intelligence it, and not being able to learn how to cope and, and process to, through those things definitely has an effect um, as, as an adult. Um, there's triggers there's triggers. Sometimes people think that um, brushing things under the rug um, and trying to forget about it doesn't have an effect later on and does. And uh, later on it, it does. And that dirt comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you say that too, because I think for a lot of the times when we go through a traumatic experience, I think the first thing we want to do is to shield ourselves and get as far away from that experience as possible. Um, and from the work that you've done, have you seen to, there to be any sort of like discrepancies between um, uh, race in terms of like people who uh, go through trauma? Like, are there any differences between like race and things like that? Or does that not play at all? Um, when different cultures, when I meet with different clients from different backgrounds, um, it's just un understanding their culture. You know, I have I've had clients from all over the world and um it all depends on on their values that they grew up in and also um, what's important to them and those norms that they lived. And also um, acculturation plays a, a big role because if, if you were raised in a different culture and then you moved to the dominant culture, that plays a role too because then certain things are acceptable in the dominant culture or unacceptable in the dominant culture that were acceptable in your culture. Yeah, I see how that makes sense, because I feel like some, some cultures, it's not culturally accepted to even talk about some of those things. I think, like you said, in the background, like I know for me growing up, like I grew up in a Nigerian household and talking about emotions, talking about feelings and things like that. That wasn't really that wasn't really a thing. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I was somebody who wanted to seek help and finally seek therapy, um, where would I start and where, what areas like should I expect improvement? through therapy. Okay. Um, if you are looking to start therapy, um, a great resource is Psychology Today. Um, it is like the hub for, for therapists and psychiatrists as well. Um, you can type in um, therapist um, in your area. You can type in keywords like trauma um, or any specific interventions that you're trying to, to work on. Um, you can even type in your zip code and a list of therapists in your area will pop up. So that's a, a great, a great resource. Also, um, getting a recommendation or talking to your primary care physicians. They're also a great resource. And if you need a referral, they're usually the first individuals or the first professionals that, that you meet that can give you that push that you need to, to finding help. Um, we talked about earlier, um, types of treatment and what is what also helps medications also help mm -hmm. and right now um well since the pandemic there's been a, a higher 
need for for mental health services in all aspects and um psychiatrist waiting list nowadays is like three months, four months. So another alternative for medications, if that is a route that you're trying to take, um, you can get medications from your primary care physician. Um, There are certain limitations and certain medications that they cannot prescribe, but they can definitely prescribe the, the basics until you're able to meet with a psychiatrist. And therapy and medications um, work well together. So some people think that if they take a pill, that that's going to erase their trauma and that they're going to be good. No, working collaboratively with um, your therapist and also with your psychiatrist can can help. So those two things pretty much they go hand in hand in terms of you do the medication and you also you know keep up on the seeing a the therapist. For sure. Um, and in, in, in addition to that, um, uh, this body, is it body um, body work that's included in that? What do you mean by Or by somatic body? experiencing? I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Um, do you, are you familiar with that? How, how does that work? Yeah. Um, somatic experiences are like when people start to feel um, physically ill when they start to feel physically ill and it starts to affect their health, such as like their blood pressure, um, body pain, um, cholesterol, things like that, that it really starts attacking um, their organs too, like heart problems. Okay. And uh, this is maybe a little off topic. I know that you, we, we talked beforehand and um, you have a child now, right? Um, what are some of the things that you, um, as a mother now, in terms of like traumatic experiences that you would want, I guess, to shield your kid from, or are there, is there anything that comes to mind in terms of just trying to shield your own children from uh, traumatic experiences? Like, um, That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, let me see, as um, from my son, just trying to do more things to help him be more emotionally intelligent. Um, You know, kids are learning about emotions. Kids are learning about feelings. Um, They don't, when, when, you know, they don't get their way and they they tantrum or, or, you know, they're screaming, they're trying to communicate something to you. So just trying to to, um, help him learn emotions um, and help him identify those things. So instead of as he gets older, instead of having a tantrum, you know, you can you can tell me what you want. You can tell me how you're feeling instead of, you know, throwing yourself on the floor or throwing things because you're angry. You can say that you're angry without um, showing those behaviors. I think, that's, I think that's amazing. And that's also beautiful because for a lot of men, I think is usually, at least from what I've seen, a lot of men, it's a lot harder to even want to explain some of those emotions, explain some of those feelings, right? Because culturally, um society says that we shouldn't be you know expressing our feelings we shouldn't be expressing um some of these things and that puts a lot of pressure on men right like you can be going through something you'd be going through hardships and you just have everything on your head so i think that's that's amazing um that's amazing way to look at it um and in terms of um working through certain barriers in terms of um Oh no, sorry, sorry about that. Um, one of my questions were when trauma happens, uh, this there's experiences where some people can't move, 
I can't speak. What does what does that mean? Like, how does that? What is that? Um, that that is that sometimes those emotions are are, are intense, and they start to um, not feel like they're in their body, and the personalization um, plays a factor. Kind of like they're 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 not in their body, and then they 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 start to um, try to avoid those feelings of the trauma and those relive those emotions that they experience during the trauma. Okay. So, sounds like almost, uh, sounds like sleep paralysis almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, was there anything that you felt that you wanted to touch on in terms of um, the topic of trauma? Um, you know, trauma has been um, a, a hot topic lately. Mm-hmm. It has been a very hot topic. Um, a lot of people are more open to discussing some traumas or um, break generational patterns. Mm. Um, I think that's that's important too, because um, I think for my own, I think for me, that's that's one thing that's very important for me is like really understanding um, that you know some of the things that my parents went through um, that I don't necessarily. Um, you know, God willing, I have kids one day. I don't necessarily want my kids to go through. Um, and then being able to um, offer them the right ways of, like you said, emotional intelligence, right ways of handling certain situations, right ways of being able to come to me as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you create that open door? Um, like you said before, how do you create that open door with your kids as a way of saying, hey, you can come talk to me when you're going through some of these things? Mm-hmm. Um a great way would be to listen without judgment. Mm. Um, sometimes a lot of kids, and I've seen this with teenagers, um, teenage clients that I've had, they aren't open with their parents because they feel that their parents are are judging them. They feel that um, they are not listening um, and they're listening to respond, but not to understand. Mm. That's important. That's important as well, because um like you said, part of listening is being able to not only just hear what's being said to you, but really try and understand it. And I think for parents, at least I can say again, from my own experience, parents usually try and um, they usually try and find a solution for everything rather than really just hearing what, what you're going through or rather than really taking in what you're experiencing at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and has there been any moments um, in your own um, work with clients that you feel like um, that you feel like uh, maybe parents have gotten in the way of um, their own uh, par- uh, their own children's ability of you know overcoming some of these traumatic experiences. Um, sometimes it's just their own lack of um, knowledge about um, the importance of being emotionally intelligent. Sometimes. Um, I have a teenager that may have gone through a traumatic experience and the parent is trying to minimize their experience because they've been through worse. I hear that a lot. And when you're, you're dealing with two different generations, most of the time, um, raised in different, in different environments and different countries, that plays a huge, a huge part on how somebody and how a kid internalizes um, things differently you know ev- everyone internalizes situations differently 
Um, I, I don't know if you have any siblings, but I have two siblings that I grew up with and we all lived in the same home and had the same set of rules and the same yeah. expectations, but we're all different. That is very true. That's very true. And uh, I would say you guys also, I, I would imagine you guys also have different temperance and different um, ways that you react to certain things, right? For sure, for sure. And I think because of our own, um, I think because of our own parents, how they went through certain traumatic experiences. Um, you talked about breaking generational curses. Um, I think the way they, uh, the way they work through their own experiences is very different. Like I know for a lot of Af usually African cultures, like especially dads, they don't really talk about like that's not a thing. Like he's not gonna ever. I don't think I ever seen my dad cry. It's just like it just wasn't a thing. So, um, just being able to. I think it, it takes a lot of work. If, if you're saying you're going to want to, you know, break generational curses, there's a lot of work that has to be done in between that. And do you think there's anything else in between that that you feel like even men can do in terms of trying to um, create that open door? Like you said, is it the same way that a mom would approach her son? Is it is there anything different in between there? In regards to how a parent will approach their their kid? Yeah, yeah. In terms of like trying to create that open door and trying to really break down some of those barriers? You know, I really encourage my parents to, to be um, transparent and vulnerable. Sometimes as parents, we want to um, project this perfection, that everything is always perfect. And that's not realistic. Things aren't always perfect. Sometimes, you know, things happen that we don't like. And sometimes those situations are out of our control, but we have to learn how to work through them. So if, if we're teaching our kids that everything is perfect, then when they go through a situation, they're not going to know what to do because in their mind, they were shielded from all these things yeah. that could have potentially have been a learning experience. You know, um, obviously I don't condone domestic violence in front of children or, or screaming matches or anything like that, but you're as an adult, you're the, the example of how to do certain things. You're you're the child's first example and role model of how to handle situations. So I don't shy away from a discussion um, with my spouse about certain things and um, in front of my kid because he can learn, okay, well, if we're upset, you know, we, we take our deep breaths or, or we take time to, to kind of re refocus, regroup, and then we, we talk about it. And do you feel like our parents are always aware of that? Of I don't family? think so. Yeah. Of that, that, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I hear that a lot, that they don't like to argue or they don't, they, they try to shield their, their kid from, from certain things. And that's fine. You know, I don't condone like domestic violence or anything like that in front of the kids, but, you know, a disagreement, a healthy disagreement. Right. And what, do, what does a healthy disagreement look like? being able to to express how you feel being able to accept what the other person is saying um being accountable for your actions and vice versa and coming to a common ground you could agree to disagree but it doesn't have to escalate to a point where people are you know getting violent with each other and is there ever like a thin line between there like in terms of like is there ever a line being drawn between oversharing with your kid and um, being fully transparent with them? 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what's th- where that that line is. Okay. Um, especially if it was something that you weren't encouraged to to do as a kid yourself. Um. So it's it's all about trial and error. It's all about um, you know, learning um how to do things differently, um, effectively. So. Right. Um, I just want to be uh, I just want to be cognizant of the time, just because we have about five minutes left. Um, so in terms of just advice, right? Um, usually how we end the show is giving the audience uh, one piece of advice that you would like to leave with the people. In terms, of it could be about trauma, whatever life, whatever the case may be. Okay. Um, well, one piece of advice. Um, this may sound a little cliche, but it's never too late to ask for help. Um, it's never too late you can always um it it doesn't matter how long any experience that affected you any traumatic experience that that affected you it doesn't matter when it happened it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago 30 years ago if if it's still affecting you and it's something that is triggering you um like I said earlier there's no such thing as brushing it off because that dirt will always come out um it will come out whether it's how you communicate in your relationships, the way you carry yourself. So when you understand how trauma influences you and the way that you perceive the world and those around you, then you can live a healthier life. Solid advice there. Um, and can you uh, plug your, you know, where people can find you at on social media, um, your private practice? Where, where can we find you at? Yes, I'm on Instagram and I am on um, Facebook, um, H. Aponte Chimelis. Um, that's H. A. P. O. N. T. E. Um, C. H. I. M. E. L. I. S. Counseling. And that's that's everywhere. You on? Are you on LinkedIn as well? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm I'm working on it. Working on it. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, but it's been a pleasure having you on to show. I thank you for uh, sharing your time, sharing your knowledge with the people. Um, and uh, I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Uh, be sure to shoot Hillary a follow on Instagram. Uh, all her information is going to be in the description below. Um, like, share, subscribe with your close friends and circle. You ne- never know who you're helping. And uh, you want to continue to give you episodes and talk about different topics. So if you're more of a visual person, this episode is also available on YouTube. Um, But yeah, uh, have a great day and uh, stay blessed.